Let's give them something to talk about. Talking about songs. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just gotta say hi to him. I don't like how his ears are cut off. Oh, by by the the circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of cute though. Oh, I was thinking about this today. Where did bears evolve from? They just it just said general uh, carnivore. Yeah, like when you go to the uh, museum and you see those like taxidermy, like reconstructed things that are like, hey, that looks like when I'm trying to draw a dog, bear, cow, horse, <laughs> like, <laughs> and I just draw like a blob with four legs that may or may not have a horn. Well, I feel like Ari- that's what it's evolved from. University of Arizona says bear down. That's what the, the students say. But they're the wildcats. Like, why are you? Wait, what? <laughs> Why are you bearing down, you know? Yeah, what are they bearing down against? I and guess I'm, maybe maybe they're raiding bears, like, with a thumbs down. Oh, like, bail? No. Like, bears down, cats up. Yeah. That's the but, way I like to. <laughs> but they're not rivals with, like, Cal. No, I don't think so. Or Northwestern. Go cats. And then that made me think. I was like, <laughs> are bears cats? <laughs> And I was like, no, they can't be. They're dogs. And I'm like, wait, no, no, <laughs> no there's something there. Because bears are not cats, which makes them dogs. I 100% agree with that. <laughs> but I also feel like we're going into, is hot dog sandwich? Territory. I was going to say that. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, do you think a hot dog's a sandwich? No, it's a, there's one piece of bread. But like sub sandwich, like a meatball sub, is that a sandwich? It, no, those are not sandwiches. Okay. Uh, what do you think? I think they're sandwiches. Uh, I don't know. Moving on. I'm a liberal. <laughs> I want a small government or big government. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was a thing I was looking at on Twitter that was like one third of people basically have no idea how politics works. And that's one third of people who did vote. Like they <laughs> ask people coming out of the polls, like, do you think that Biden is for or against abortion? And some people are like, oh, I'm pretty confident he's against abortion, and that's why I voted for him. It's like, <laughs> that's like 8% of the population are like that wrong and confidently that wrong. And it's that's like, awesome. oh, okay, cool. <laughs> and, and you know what? The elections always come out to like 50-50 or whatever. Like, you know, yeah. like 49-51. Right. I like to assume that there's also some people who voted for Trump because he is for abortion. And so those mis. Those people cancel each other out, I like to hope. <laughs> yeah. You would think. <laughs> yeah. Oh, can't you wait to uh, vote for Biden or Trump again in our next election? Mm. Yeah, we're, yeah, or Ron DeSantis. Uh, well, I don't really think he's going to. I don't know. Do you, yeah, do I, you think think he, I think he's going to get eaten alive by Trump. I'm kind of excited for that. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> just because Ron DeSantis is also such a uh, a grotesque person, but he like he'll like harumph and like try to be polite, and Trump will just like call him like a name, and then he'll just dissolve. He'll get Jeb bushed. <laughs> uh, it's just so lame. <laughs> like we're gonna have to vote for Biden again. Like that sucks so much. Well, I mean, it's also Biden who's four years older than past Biden. So he's... Yeah, so it sucks even more? Okay, I hear you. I am pretty sure that he is already above the age at which most men die in the U.S. (laughs) How old is he? You want to take a guess? 86? Oh, boy. (laughs) I think he's like 79. Let's see. Biden, age. He is 80. Oh, he's, he's not okay. 86, but he will be 86 at the end of the next thing if he wins. Yeah. yeah I'm pretty sure our are... grandma died when she was 86. Yeah. And she was, you... like, old. If she was the president, <laughs> she probably wouldn't have died, though. Uh, <laughs> I can't really back that up with anything. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get recording. <laughs> oh, this wasn't recording? I thought this was us recording. Uh, let's give them something to talk about. I'll cut that out. We'll play this thing. Or, or not get those recording. Let's start the episode. This will be part. Of, maybe I could include something in the episode. I, I always have fun with the politics discussion. I was always I always throw some stuff. In. I'm so it's so funny that you never listen to it. So like, you could put whatever. You could just cut it up so that it's like me saying the worst things. 
And I would be like, yep, I sign off. And in fact, I am posting this. <laughs> On one of the beta episodes, uh, there was just so much glitch and stuff happening that as a transition, I just had gunshots. <laughs> Um, like if you would harder. like to listen to the beta episodes, um, none of them are good, but they were us, you know, getting used to episoding, please send me an email at tedschwaba at gmail.com, and I will send you access to any of the beta episodes. But they will not be publicly released because they are bad. <laughs> yeah, you can email me too. Um, What's your email address? That's my, uh, wait, what was yours? You're tedschwaba at gmail? Mine is my name. Yeah. At, at the, at the uh, email website.com. You could do tschwaba at live.com. It's my Xbox Live account, but I still use it as my like, email sometimes. So, a little fun no, uh, trivia for you. I use that email. Also, so. why, why isn't your webcam on? Your webcam's been off this whole time. Oh, let me turn that on. <laughs> I'm just talking to a picture of a bear. Oh, yeah, of I'm in a new something. house, by the way. Oh, you live in a new house. How is moving? That's more fun than politics and much more relatable to our viewers, listeners. Mo- moving was actually pretty easy. I, luckily, my friend provided boxes, so I was able to just put everything into boxes, and that made it so much better because everyone just took one box up. You just try and make it e- equal weight. It was terrific. I recommend yeah. it. I think the best part about moving, or the, most, the thing I've learned most about moving, you've got to have the right containers to move with. Mm-hmm. Um, one time I was helping my college roommate move out of his dorm and I was sitting there in a minivan waiting to pick up his stuff and he comes down with like, a uh, uh, like target bag half full of some clothes and then he's like literally just manually carrying a pile of jeans and I'm like, put your stuff in bags! <laughs> it was so upsetting. He took like 50 trips to bring what could be like three boxes. I was originally gonna just only use my sedan. And take like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna take like 10 trips using my sedan to load everything. Uh, and then I just like, yeah, you know what? I just have this one big thing. So I guess I'll get a U-Haul. And it's like, thank God I did. Cause taking a U-Haul took like four hours total. And the sedan plus 10 trips. Like each <laughs> trip is so like 20 trips. minutes. So <laughs> yeah. And the U-Haul, it's nice. You're fitting everything into a big square or mm-hmm. cube. Rather than, like, the sedan, you're like, can this fit, like, next to the wheel in the trunk? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I will be moving in a month, so, um, yeah. We're going to get a pod. But the thing is, our we know our um, apartment complex isn't going to let us have a pod, so we have to stealth stake out an area, and then we'll just get in trouble, and it'll be okay, because they're going to be like, what, what are they going to do to us? Make us move out? Wait, what's a pod? Like, it's a big square that you fill up with stuff, and then movers, like, put it on a truck and then, like, bring it there. Did your computer shut off? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. No, I think my Wi-Fi is just kind of bad. Wow. <laughs> so, so a moving pod also, is like... I think outlet yeah. is bad. I think that's why my computer shut off. <laughs> Dang. I'm looking at your old brick wall behind you, and it seems like you... I'll bet you your house has, like, three power outlets total, right? And none of them have the grounding plug. They're all, like, the two that are, like, wiggly. Okay, yeah. <laughs> no, no, there are a lot of outlets. I think I'm just on the addition. Like, I think that's where the the original building ended, right behind me. And then I'm in the out, outside. Oh, of wait, it. that isn't a door to outside? No, that's a door to the house. Yeah. So my yeah, exposed you... <laughs> brick. Yeah, I'm just... I'm an addition. Uh, to get a... a image of what I'm looking at, it looks like he is in this, like, white soundstage that has as its background a, like, outdoor wall that's, like, yellowed old bricks. But it is all somehow indoors. <laughs> well, that's fun. Uh, let's get cracking. Let's talk about the album. That feels good. Oh, thank God. I, there was, like, a 30% chance that I had listened to the wrong album. So... <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to not talk about what the album's name was and let you say it so that if I, if I was wrong, I could have a big reaction for the podcast. Well, yeah, or you or listeners from last week. Last week? I don't think it's last week. No, I'll put it up one week apart. Okay. Our huh? listeners from last week, um, 
did, were told to listen to the new Jesse Ware album. So uh, hopefully that's the newest one. She doesn't release a new one by the time. This- <laughs> that would be funny. So someone's just memorizing the lyrics. Are like top listeners memorizing the lyrics? I'm really bummed out. Yeah, no, this mm. is that feels good. It's that album. It's that the one. feels good. If you ask um the the robot thing A L E X A to uh play the album, uh she does a fun now playing that feels good like a nice <laughs> delay. <laughs> oh, you spelled out Alexa. Oh, I got it. Yeah. You just can't say that. I was like, oh, no, I can't say it. Oh, I can of- say that um, in my outside of house room. <laughs> I can <laughs> yeah. say that. Your place is going to get cold in the winter. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Let's, uh, you want to lead off? I guess we can say little things about the album. Um, it's an album. It's her fifth album, I think. Uh, I did not listen to the first three albums besides like a couple songs because she was like doing like a this is by Jesse Ware she was doing like a singery songwritery poppy style not singer songwriter you know it was like pop music and I didn't mm-hmm. listen to it and then she came out with an album that was uh, more discoy and I listened to it and I liked it and then there's this album which came out and I listened to it and I liked it a lot so. Um, I guess she kind of just switched up her style. So it's like this kind of big difference between her first three albums and her most recent two. And uh, so now's a good time to jump on board. I actually think there's a lot of parallels between Jesse Ware's albums and the Legend of Zelda games. Whoa. Have you now, played like the most recent ones? No, I have not. <laughs> but like, you know, she they did a bunch of Zelda games and they were doing all their little like overworldy Zelda-y things, but every Zelda game kind of went like, you gotta do the four dungeons in order, and then you get the big sword, then you get the really big sword, and then there's like an instrument for some reason. And then in like Breath of the Wild, the second newest Zelda game, the new one's coming out tonight, I guess, um, it's like, <laughs> open world, do what you want, and people are like, oh shoot. And so it's like they switched up, and people's reactions to the old Jesse Ware albums were like, they liked it. And so people like the old Zelda games, and then people like the new Zelda games. <laughs> Did, yeah, have you heard what people have been saying about the newest album? This album, this one? Uh, Legend of Zelda or Jesse Ware? Album. Jesse album. Ware. <laughs> I was ready to continue the metaphor. <laughs> also for a game that I never played. <laughs> and it's been out for seven years. Dude, everything's open world now. God. Pokemon's open world. Come on. Yeah. I want to play all of them. <laughs> yeah. I have a Switch. I, oh, my new roommates do. So I'll probably get on that. Dang. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, do critics like this album? I think they do. Yeah. The it got the best new music on Pitchfork, and uh, it got an eight from Anthony Fantano. Mm. And I I watched I watched that review. And uh, I don't know. We did about what, that review too. What other things um, rate music that have opinions anyone cares about? Uh, Pitchfork gave an eight point three. Yeah. You you said best new music, eight two three. I I eight point three. That's pretty high. I think you um, have to get an eight point one or above to be best new music. And I'm pretty sure that nowadays anything above eight point eight point one or above is automatically best new music. But I know that, like, in the mid-2000s, there would be, like, albums that were, like, 8.6s and not Best New Musics, and then albums that were, like, 8.1s and were Best New Music, and it's like, what? What is the difference <laughs> between those two things? Uh, but, yeah. I don't know. What other, uh, what other things do people like music rating? I feel like there's all music, but I've never actually seen all music. It just gets put onto the Wikipedia pages of albums. Yeah, and there's also consequence of sound. Same thing. I'm not reading consequence of sound. Who freaking cares? (laughs) What I am doing is I am waiting for the album to come out. Then I'm looking at what Pitchfork and Anthony Fantano say, and then I'm getting mad about it, even if I like it. I'm I'm the same exact way. Yeah, I think think that's what people do nowadays. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, uh, I went to this cooking class with my mom and her friends, and. The guy was just very whimsical. That is the best way to describe him. Whimsical. He's very like friendly, 
and and he was talking to me. He's like, oh yeah, like my son. I think I think you kind of remind me of him. Do you know uh, Anthony Fan? I'm like Fantano. He's like, yeah, 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 the bald guy. I was like, really? This, so this yeah. is just some random chef in Chicago land. This is some chef who went to the same high school as us and very oh. similar age to our parents. And yet he's like, yeah, my son loves Anthony Fantano. Showed me him. I'm like, why does this guy have millions of views? He's just in his basement just yelling <laughs> at a computer. That is very funny. So uh. cool. <laughs> so cool that he knows that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're exactly right. It's just Anthony Fantano and Pitchfork. That's all I really care about. Yeah. I'm not I'm not happy to admit it, but I'll admit it. Will yeah, you that's... listener admit it? I guess you now also listen to Song Thing to talk about. That's another place to get your hot music reviews right when the songs <laughs> oh, yeah. come out. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> uh what uh, what was it because I went first last time. Uh what was your favorite song on the album? So now you can steal it from me. Oh, I had a tough one with this one. I had a tough one with this one. Um, but I will pick one and hope you pick the other. I'm going to do Freak Me Now. It's my favorite. Hey, I did not pick that one. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's no, the, uh, yeah, give me, that's the, like, dancey one, right? Really dancey, yeah. It's, I would she, say it's house music. I'd say the rest of the album is, like, funky pop music. Disco-y. Disco-y? Disco-y? I would say it's disco, but this song is not disco. Yeah, this this song is more like Disclosure than it is like, I don't know, a disco band. What's like, is is BG's the disco band? It sucks because they're the best selling disco band, but they're white. They've got they've got they're literally doing exactly what Eminem did. Where yeah. like, if you think of a rapper, Eminem has sold the most albums, and he's been around for a long time, and he's good, but. He's a white guy in a black form of music. Yeah. Which is like nothing wrong with that, but it just sucks that they're at the top. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, I would say like when I think disco, I think Donna Summer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Whitney Houston. Do you feel Whitney Houston with that? I think Whitney Houston's more R&B. Ooh, are you saying that only because of era? Because that would actually make sense. Because she kind of came after the disco demolition, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I kinda don't really know too much about that part of music. Yeah. I don't know. I wish I was alive back then. Then I would, then I would know it. But I also wish I wasn't alive back then. Yeah, you'd have a lot of lead exposure, my man. <laughs> yeah, a lot I in liked, your veins. I liked Freak Me Out a lot. I uh, <clears throat> played it at a party, and I was like, oh, can I put on a song? And then people are like, well, who's it by? I'm like, uh, Jesse Ware. And then my girlfriend's like, ooh, I don't really know if that's the vibe. And I was like, no, 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 no. It will be. Because she's <laughs> used to the, old, the album right before this one. Uh, what is that? Pleasure? Uh, what's your pleasure? And um, and then I put it on. And then she was like, oh, no, no. All right, all right. And this is very uppity. It's uh, danceable. <clears throat> no one was really dancing to it. It wasn't really that type of party. But it had a lot of energy to it. And it was, it was I, I really liked it. Dang, so you've got boots-on-the-ground journalism doing, like, uh, actual testing of how good the songs are. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. No one really came up to me after I played it or been like, that's a good song, but I don't think people do that regardless. Yeah, people don't, re- unless, yeah. I was really actually, good. I was at a, uh, a frat party in college my freshman year, and I was at, like, one of the nerdy frats, and um, they were playing Das Racist, <laughs> and I walked up to this guy, and he was like the DJ. I'm like, yo, I love Des Racist. And then he's like, cool, man. And yeah. like, he clearly wanted to play music that the ladies liked and wanted like someone to be like, <laughs> oh, you're playing cool music. But he's fundamentally misunderstanding the situation because he's playing Das Racist, which is not good party music and is also like weirdly masculine. Yeah, but not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Masculine, yeah. Masculine like, could, in the sort of way that, like, uh, oh, I don't know. Uh, eating, no, I have no clue. Mascul- ma- yeah, I, masculine in the sort of way that I went to a Das Racist concert and it was all dudes. <laughs> <laughs> it's skinny dude masculine. Yeah. <laughs> 
I've been coming up with all these theories about how different League of Legends positions have different bodies types. I'm like, oh, if you're a top laner, you're like a big guy. You're really tall. If you're like a mid laner, mid laners are all short. And it is the least scientific thing of all time. And I just get yelled at every time because I'll be like, here's two examples of this. And then I'll be like, what do you mean? No. What position do you play? I play them all, baby. But I've been playing... uh, You're all body types, too. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I'm an anamorph. Uh, No, I've been playing a guy who you're not supposed to play in the mid lane in the mid lane. Oh, yeah, and then everyone yells at me. They say, are you serious? And I say, trust me. And then I lose a lot, and then everyone <laughs> yells at me every game. <laughs> In Spanish, also, which is another fun part, because I have to figure out whether they're, like, trying to give me advice or, like, trying to say what we're supposed to do next or just, like, yelling at me, and usually it's the third one. <laughs> Ted, I'm afraid your body dysmorphic. No, I love my body. Uh, because you don't know what... Which- uh, body position you're supposed to be in. Uh, what was your favorite uh, song? Oh, it was, a, <laughs> it was a body dysmorphic. Wait, tell me more about why you like this song, not just that you like it. Mm, I like that kind of music. I like really fast, beat-heavy music. I think this is a pretty standard, like, 130 BPM, though, right? Like, most dance music speed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not really... Yeah. Just... <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I like that. <laughs> hey, if you like it, you like it. I actually... I've been thinking about this a lot as I've been <clears throat> trying to, like, rate more music. That a lot of times, like, dance music, especially, like, uh, like dance music that's in the style of dance music, where it, like, has an opening beat and then it builds up and it's all, like, in clusters of, like, 16 bars and it's a constant BPM throughout... And, you know, maybe there'll be, like, one vocal sample where they'll go, like, oh, get ready, you know, over and over again. That it's really hard to rate that music because it's just, do I like the sound of the drum? Do I like the piano beat they did? Do I Mm -hmm. like when they put in the vocal samples? Is the drop cool? It's not like, you know, you're hoping for a guitar solo. It's not like a, sometimes really good songs are really minimal, but they're minimal in ways that, like, it's really hard to rate that stuff. I don't know. Anecdotally, so here's, here's uh, we, my band was taking pictures, because uh, we needed pictures or whatever. So we had a friend who had, you know, a nice uh, camera, and we did, like, a photo shoot. And uh, there was no music on at one point, and I was like, this kind of feels a little awkward. Like, we should put some music on. And then my friend suggested that feels good, but also because we were talking about that album, like, right before. Mm-hmm. Almost. I was gonna review it, so we put it on, and it was it was you know it was upbeat and everything, and it kind of got it the picture taking a lot less awkward. Um, it was terrific, and then uh, and then it got to freak me now, and uh, it was kind of like in between some taking pictures, and then we we're like, oh, we like I would love if we did this uh, song. My band's called Fizz. Well, you should check it out. Fizz is the name like of this. a League of Legends character. <laughs> <laughs> He's a little like fish guy. <laughs> uh, how big are the people who play him? I would say that he's someone that middle schoolers would play as Fizz. <laughs> Wait, I think I know that guy. He was like he's kind of like a cute little Stitch looking guy. Yeah. Okay, yeah. maybe I don't. But anyways, we were playing we were playing this song, and my band's like, "Yeah, we should like that'd be awesome if we played this song." And I was thinking about it. I was like, I don't know. Like, this song seems very, this song seems impressive to write, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we're trying to make our own originals. And we, we you know, this seems, we, we got some good songs. But it's just like, this one, I personally, I maybe my band could, but I couldn't, like, organize this and fit yeah, it all yeah, together. Yeah. Because the way that this, like, the the beat goes doesn't like stay heavy the entire time. Mm-hmm. It goes. It has the chorus comes in not traditionally, but kind of like on like an offbeat sort of thing, like in the middle of a measure. Uh, I guess that's a better way to describe it. So it kind of like mm-hmm. catches you off guard, but then you're like, as soon as it comes in, you're like, you know, on the chorus, jump, like jump in. I don't know. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think I think the compositional elements of this whole album are really well done um, because they. 
they're not so far afield from the verse choruses where you're like, oh shit, it's a beat switch. But they are doing stuff where it's like, you know, there's like pre-choruses and quite a few bridges. And they'll have the second version of the chorus will be a little different than the first version of the chorus. Which I think is just a sign that you've got a lot of ideas. And I think it's always welcome on an album. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think that's kind of what separates it from, uh, I don't know, some electronic music genre. So if it was like really repetitive, then it'd be like, well, why are we performing this ourselves? Let's just have like a computer just play mm-hmm, this verse mm-hmm, again. Mm-hmm. I actually came up to this in, uh, I was listening to a making of a Daft Punk song. And it was, uh, shoot, it was the song with Todd Edwards off of the their last album. But anyways, they were like struggling to figure out what they should do in the second verse. And they're like, well, one thing that you can do, although it's sort of a crutch, is you can just say the first verse in the past tense, like it's already been done. So like the first verse, you go like, I love this. And the second verse, you're like, we've loved this. And I'm like, dang, that is such an easy trick for like varying things if you don't actually have more ideas. Oh, yeah. And just like, there's all these, like, it basically is doing the same thing, but just a little bit different, but it, it hits your ears in a refreshing way. There's a video of uh, the creators of South Park talking to some like Columbia class or something. And they're saying like, you never want your stories to go like, then, then, the blank, then this, blank, then that. You want to have like a therefore or a but, you know, mm. you're like this is happening, but this happens. Therefore, this happens, but this happens. And then that's like what keeps you going. Because if it's like, and... And like, and then you just, it just piles up and you're like, where's this going? Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm not, I don't want to follow this. This is boring. Mm-hmm. And that reminds me of uh, <laughs> sometimes when people are like uh, telling stories and they're boring, it's because they're doing the and, and, and. And sometimes when people are telling their dreams, they just kind of go and, 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 and. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, just like how I told that story of my band taking pictures. I just used a lot of ads, <laughs> took forever. okay maybe this will make the story a little bit more fun Uh, just kind of zooming out a little bit so far i have told talked at length about two stories of me being in college which was over 10 years ago and then also (laughs) me playing video games and you have told a story about being at a party and being in a band so it seems like i am really on the decline and that you are out here doing cool things (laughs) when it couldn't be further from the truth okay is that a threat? So it's a threat to myself by me so that I do something. Hey, I got a threat for you. What's your favorite song on this album? Wow. Well, I'm glad you asked. I didn't mean asked. to giggle during my threat. <laughs> He's giggling during his threat. That's some real Ted Bundy stuff. Oh, um, something I was thinking that was funny. Um, that there's is... more than one Ted serial killers? Oh, Ted yeah, Kaczynski that's a, and Ted that's... Bundy? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> um, also, Ed Gein, I think, I'm not sure if Ed Gein's real name was Theodore. Uh, so yeah, oh, his name was Edward Theodore Gein. So that's <laughs> also basically Ted. Um, but he's less known because the power of the Theodore was only in his middle name. Yeah, but he was arguably as, as gross okay. a person as, okay. Uh, um, <laughs> so, uh, my favorite song was Begin Again, um, and... I think that this is my favorite song of the year. I love this song. It is so good. And mm-hmm. um, one of the things that I like really stuck out to me was something that you mentioned uh, about the previous song was I really like, so the way that the song goes, there's an intro and it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's like a, it, it's a good intro-y intro. It makes you feel like there's something to come. But then mm-hmm. the first chorus, it, um, I want to say it like, it goes eight bars. So like it builds up and then it goes back into verse two because mm-hmm. then in the second chorus, it builds up and then it keeps building. So it's mm-hmm. like a, it's like a test run. You like the first chorus, you're like, Ooh, I like this. And the second chorus is like a yes. And you're like, Oh, whoa. and I love that. Um, I mean, it's, it's nothing that like is super inventive. A lot of songs do this, but I think the way that they do it is really nice. And then when it comes out of that, there's um, some like really fun piano work that I was texting you about. 
Yeah. Yeah, you gave me some homework. It's so clunky. Yeah, were you able to learn that on piano? So my piano's at my old house still. We just have, we still have the lease there, so I have a bunch of junk back there. Nice. But just listening to it, it just sounds like chromatics. So you just go like down a half step, down a half step. It sounds actually really easy to play, which is even cooler because of how impressive and fun it sounds. Yeah, it doesn't seem to fit in the song at first. Like it's clearly you hear like a little bit of it at the beginning and yeah. And then you're like, well, what was that? And then it comes yeah. in and it has like, you know, a bass kind of like, uh, or sort of like horns around it and some mm-hmm. singing that are like really like showing it off. Yeah. Okay. So the horns too. So do you know the song, uh, Oh Lord, please don't let me be misunderstood by uh, Santa Esmeralda. I'm uh, just yeah. a soul whose yeah. intentions are good. Clap, clap. Santa I think there's other versions, but the Santa Esmeralda version is the version I know because it was on the Kill Bill 2 soundtrack. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was a cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but. yeah. Uh, but also, that, the Santa Esmeralda version is like eight and a half minutes long or something. It like oh. goes in. And oh. again, there's a lot of horn flourishes. And so, like, those are two things, these piano notes and these horns um, that, like, Jesse Ware's backing band, who I did not do research on, but, like, clearly are having fun and aren't just, like, phoning it in. Um, I feel like if you were in a band and you are doing this stuff, this is the stuff that, that, like, the everyday band doesn't incorporate. That they don't have, okay, here's some horn flourishes extra, and here's, like, a whole nother piano section that is... 20 seconds, a uh, minute and a half in, and then another 20 seconds in the outro. Um, that was cool. Yeah, um, there's even a horn part in Begin Again where you hear it, and you hear the saxophone and the trumpet are, like, a bit off by, like, like a 16th note or something. Or, like, even, like, an 8th note. I don't know. It just sounds a little bit off, but it sounds good. It just didn't sound confident. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. on the next one, they play together, like, as they probably should have the last time. But it doesn't sound as good. It just sounds like bland. And so mm. you're you're like, did they make a mistake and then include it because it sounded good? <laughs> that's that's <laughs> where your music powers come in. Uh, I cannot hear that. I'm well, gonna here's... try and I'm gonna try and listen to it like real carefully. And so you're saying it's the saxophone and the and the trumpet. Yeah, I think it's in begin again towards the end. Um, they just come in like at the end of a measure, like ba bum. Mm, and then mm-hmm. they do it again. Bum, bum. Like, on the first one, they go, bum, bum. But it's, like, not as confident as that. And the only thing that separates us, mainly, be, in, uh, musicianship-wise, is just if you play something confidently uh, and it's just maybe the right note, then it sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, um, they just didn't come in with that much confidence. You're, like, you don't really know for certain. But it's very subtle. Yeah. That's okay. That's a really cool thing to point out. A um, couple other things that I had in this song. Uh, the lyrics are sort of Daft Punky, which is another reason why I was listening to Daft Punk. Um, yeah. And so there's one that's like, uh, How come everything cool is all technological? That is not what the lyric is, but you know, we're not going to get copyright infringement stuff. Um, uh, anyways, it's kind of fun to see this like human imprecision in, alongside lyrics that are talking about like the precision of mechanics. Um, and then also this song kind of gave me a vibe that was like Another Star by Stevie Wonder. Mm. Um, do you know that one? No. It is, I think, maybe the arguably top five song of all time ever made. Holy crap. And it's also one of the ones where Stevie Wonder plays every instrument, and you're like, you just imagine like a fleet of Stevies all just like jamming (laughs) out together, and it makes the song way better. Um... (laughs) But uh, my big criticism of this song is that it's not the album closer. It should be the album closer. Oh, beginning. Yeah, actually, it's because a really then good point. at the end you go, "Can we begin again?" And it's a metaphor for also playing the album again. <laughs> and it's a long song, and it's got like the emotional like climax and release. This should be the album closer. I don't know why it's not. Also, that opinion I took from a guy on YouTube like a commenter on YouTube. So, oh, that's awesome. Shout out to some random guy on the Begin Again music video <laughs> or lyric video. I was going to say that's a that's a really good insight. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Well, shout out to that guy or gal, I don't know. 
Um, uh, these lips is the closer. It's like that kind of makes sense. I don't know. The, I, th- I thought it was just the feeling from that song was kind of like slower, kind of like evening, end of end of day, end of party kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this album kind of wants it to keep going. I really like that commenter's point. Yeah, again, again at the end. Yeah. Uh, do you have a do you have a least favorite song? <laughs> I so I really like this album. So my least favorite song is sort of a meme least favorite song. I think it's lightning. Because when it first came on, I really expected a white guy rapper to come over it, like Immortal Technique or Atmosphere, and be like, <laughs> and now I'm telling a story about my life. I walked down the street and I met this guy who was talking about the problems that he saw in the day. And then, like, the chorus also fits with that. Like, if you chopped up the verses, lengthened them, and kind of dulled them a little bit to give more room to vocals, I could really see, like, a backpack rapper from 2008 <laughs> coming in and destroying this track. But it's not a bad song. It just There's doesn't no seem way. like a Jesse Ware song. There's no way Immortal Technique would be <laughs> Immortal Technique should be the featured artist on Lightning. Okay, Jesse but should you have given it to point. him. You, you, it should a feature on this album would make this a lot better. Ooh, that that is a good point that I didn't mean to make. Thanks <laughs> <laughs> for you actually making the point. But wouldn't it? Like, it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. It would totally separate the album up. You know, and make yeah. a song a lot more unique. Right, like the third to last song, you get. Uh, Janelle Monet. Oh my god. To do and, what and with Jesse Ware. That's Shake the Bottle, too. So if you put Janelle Monet on that. Like, oh! Oh my gosh. <laughs> Dang. Jesse, Jesse, we've got an idea for you. Do the remix album. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, so yours your... was just. What? Wait, that was. I, I hate when you say, like, well, give me an actual reason why. And your actual reason why was just, you just thought there was going to be a white rapper on it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could be a black guy rapper, too. It's just they need to talk in, like, yeah, I just thought it'd they be need to be rapping say. about how society is messed up. You know what I mean? Mm. They need to be like, I thought about it, and then I realized. Like, that needs to be a lyric in the song. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> I was originally going to say Shake the Bottle, because I just... I don't really like listening to you that song. You should say Shake the Bottle. I don't like it either. But I think it's so unique that it's like, it. it's a little bit better than, um, oh, what was, what was mine? What was mine? Oh, Pearls. You don't Pearls, like Pearls? It just kind of... Uh, it's not... The thing with this album is that I really like it. Yeah. And every song is really good. Therefore, Pearls has to be my least favorite because... It's just not as good as the other ones. That's the only reason why. I, I, I think it's really good. It's just like, it doesn't seem too original to me. I was kind of walking down this, uh, walking back on like, on my mute, whatever, listening to this song. And it just kind of like, I just kind of zoned out during it. Didn't really grab me. I, I, I also think... zone out pretty often though. <laughs> uh, he's got that 230 feeling. I think there's something about the chorus on Pearls that is like, overly shoegazy and cloyingly like musically sweet where it goes la 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 but they're going la 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 and it's like it's like i say la 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 but then there's like la, like they sweeten up the laws and then there's yeah. also a little xylophone going ding 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 it's like it's too much of everyone focusing on those notes at the same time it's like when you have like a middle school chorus and everyone goes <laughs> like do re mi at the same time yeah uh, yeah, this, this you're, is you're, nitpicking. You're right. but, this is really nitpicking. <laughs> but I do, yeah, I, I do like that line a lot. Like putting that into this song is is pretty unique to do that. Mm-hmm. But I think it was just like a little bit overused. I think listening to it like one time is enough. That's kind of my gripe with it. Okay, I I don't get that with pearls, but I like that. That's one that you don't like. But you don't like beautiful people? No, no, no. Shake the bottle. Yeah. You tweeted about beautiful people, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in the Fantana review of that, he's like, I don't like this one. It seems like it's all about luxury and stuff. And uh, from one white boy to another white boy, Anthony Fantano, um, I think that this song is kind of made for drag atmospheres where, like, the glitter and excess are celebrated in a way of, like, 
that it's done in a lot of these sort of, um, hmm, I'm trying to get the word. There's definitely like a word that gets this. It's kind of kitschy. It's kitschy. Yes. It's kitschy on purpose. It's campy on purpose. Yeah. It's like, I'm feeling bad, so I buy myself a luxury bag. And like, clearly, Jesse Ware, when singing this, knows that the way to happiness is not a luxury bag, but also yeah. knows that you do feel good when you buy a luxury bag, and also yeah. knows that it's fun to like sing about this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I really like that song. For yeah, yeah. Also, yeah. there's a part in that song where they go, blah blah blah, wow 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 wow, and I like when they go the wow wow wows because I do it with my mouth and then I feel fun. There's yeah. a lot of little sensory pleasures on this album, I think, that do get at the broader point of that feels good, like in a way where the album's sounds, lyrics, and feelings are aligned in a way that is nice. But again, it's not, it's not... Bottle, it was like my bottle goes and then it just like hits a cowbell. It's like not even like a like a pop or anything. <laughs> it's just like a clunk. <laughs> like it's good. But, I've been listening to Maxwell Silver Hammer by the Beatles lately, and mm. there's that um, there's that bang bang that has like a little like like the Home Depot song hammer in it, and it's <laughs> yeah, like yeah. whoever's idea it was, and it was probably Paul McCartney's because he loves putting his little whirls and whoop de dads in his little songs. Great idea! It makes the song way better. No, who's the? Wasn't it like something Martin was the arranger? For Maxwell Silver Hammer, I actually do not know. For the Beatles, it's mostly like this, like it's not Dean Martin, but it's like something like Bruce Martin or something. I don't know, but he does a lot. Like he pretty much was what made Strawberry Fields Forever sound really good. Hmm. Because they're like, yeah, we got these two ideas, but we don't know how to make the transition. And in Strawberry Fields Forever, the the, the transition, like to build up to the chorus and everything, is like so, in my opinion, so unique. And one of my, what makes it one of my, the, probably my favorite Beatles song. Hmm. But yeah, I'll look into that more. Instead, looking into this album, it was produced by uh, Stuart Price. And he did a lot of, um, did a, he, like, I think he did Dua Lipa, her album. Hey. Okay, apparently I Googled Maxwell Silverhammer and, right, George Martin, not George R.R. R. Martin, was producing it. So that's <laughs> the guy. And um, also, everyone said they hated recording it because <laughs> in a 2008 interview, Ringo Starr remembered it as the worst session ever and the worst track we ever had to record. That sounds like <laughs> what they would say for any track. They like hate. They, they hate it. He was making me sing about octopuses. <laughs> no, that was his song. Was I know that was me doing a George a George Lennon a George Lennon interpretation. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to say about this album? Or we're we going to go on to the rating? Yeah, go. Let's go. Numbers, numbers, numbers. So last time we talked in depth about <laughs> what numbers mean and how to assign them. So we'll skip that this time and just give it a straight number out of 10. I'll go first since you went first last time. I'm giving this a 9 out of 10. Hey, I am also giving it a 9. What kept it from being well, a 10? Um, I just thought that there was... Come to think of it, I didn't really realize this until this episode when we started recording. But like God having a future, feature, like that would make it like so much better. That make it so much bigger of an album. I feel like this. He, she really just nailed this genre so well mm -hmm. that it's like she did. She almost feels a little bit afraid to go outside the box with it. And it's like that's definitely something that she should have done. Like being in this day and age, like you could just, you could like a hundred gecks. They like took ska. And they're like, yeah, we'll put this on a couple songs. It's not even like what the album is, but they like that put song spot. kicked ass live in concert. By the way, I was skanking in my little circle by myself. Oh, there you go. Next to a bunch of people who were not dancing. <laughs> not good. <laughs> but that was on me for being too far away from the stage. I keep trying to tell my band that we should cover uh, uh, "Tooth Removed." Oh, you know who plays the horns on "I Got My Tooth Removed" by One Hundred Gex? No. The the horn player from uh, "Real Big Fish." Okay, that makes a lot of sense. It sounds exactly like... Wait, 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 wait. I lied. It's the horn player from Less Than Jake. Wait, one second. <laughs> okay, but that's... Still. It's, it's like a ska trombone guy. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I'm also nine. giving it, yeah, I'm giving it a nine because like, it's really good, but again, it's within its genre. And so I think 10 should be reserved for things that like challenge how I see music. Mm-hmm. And this is very tasty. It's a delicious meal, but there's nothing in this album where I'm like, oh my gosh, I've never thought about that before. You know? Yeah. Uh, I think she's acing but, something that like we've heard before, but like yeah, it's just she yeah she made it new. It's really well produced too, so it just yeah. sounds really nice to listen to. But yeah yeah yeah, that's a good point. Uh, but Ted, whenever we rate things, you always give it like a number or two, like below mine, like one, one integer or like one or one point five below mine. But uh, now we're on the same. So. Yeah, we're on the same page. Yeah. I, think, I think we were just, I was limited by just going to 10, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> we don't, I don't want to talk about this. Again. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Okay. Well, yeah. I did send you another song and it was Interpol and, uh, Micaiah McCavern. I've never said his name. Yeah. Micaiah McCavern. So I, this went on to my d- release radar because I really like Micaiah McCavern. He is a, a Chicago-based drummer. He was he was born in Massachusetts, but he got big in like 2007 through the Chicago jazz scene. Um, played with Kamasi Washington on Kamasi's tour one time, and uh, he's always just put uh, up. Tommy in- is a is a noted Kamasi Washington and band super fan. <laughs> I, I met the trombonist and took a picture with him, but it wasn't even with <laughs> Kamasi Washington. I was just in yeah, Colorado, and I was like, "Oh yeah. my god!" I like, I went up to him. I'm like, "You're you're a porter." I forgot what I'm first name. And then he's like, "Yeah, uh, sorry, do I know you?" I'm like, "No, you do not." <laughs> <laughs> that is really cool. Yeah, that's that's how you know that you're a fan when someone is so not used to getting stopped on the street that they're like, not they're like, "Oh, what? Huh? Yeah, do we are you my friend? Before, are you my friend?" I'm like, "I am now." <laughs> <laughs> more excited than they are uh yeah, yeah yeah so he's really cool he always puts out really interesting stuff um a lot of his music is on my thanksgiving playlist that i play in front of our family and uh hey i listen to that <laughs> no i don't actually i haven't been home for thanksgiving in many years that's true but now he's doing the he did this remix of a song from from interpol's album in 2022 um and uh i was like okay we need to do a review on this and after listening to it and the original song, sorry, I probably didn't tell you there was an original song, unless you found it. Well, that. I didn't even listen to it. So. <laughs> well, the, is... the remaining thing in my show notes is New Ed Sheeran, question mark, which I don't want to talk about, <laughs> and also have not listened to, or will ever listen to. So just give me the deets for this. <laughs> yeah, uh, the song was it definitely sounded different. You could definitely tell that it was, uh, like, started with a drum it's not drum oriented but it like started with a, a drum beat mm-hmm. um and it's, it's cool because it's not like too flooded with drums you know like when you first listen to it you're you're not like okay why are they playing drums so much um versus the first song you could tell it had a very unique and almost like soloed drum beat in the middle of the song it's called a uh, big- i've always loved interpol's drummer um they really can put together like a big shot city t- is the name of the song. Big shot city. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, Art. Interpol's drummer. They're uh, on PDA on uh, obstacle one on a bunch of songs. Uh, they've got a really tight snare drum, high hat interplay where like they can make uh, beats that I am like very like can quickly bring to mind out of just a, a snare, a hi-hat, and a, a bass drum, and, like, not even in, like, a, they're not even doing anything fancy beyond, like, eighth notes. And it's really hard to do that, to do something that's memorable and, like, just bread-and-butter drum notes. Yeah. I think PDA is one of, like, the best songs. I, I always love that song. All right, I've got an Interpol pop quiz for you that I just made up. Oh. Which of the following sitcoms features an Interpol song? A, The Office. B, Seinfeld. Uh, C, Friends. D, How I Met Your Mother. That's gotta be D. 
No, it is actually C. Friends? Is that what you said? Yeah. There's a random... There's a, they play a song off of uh, Turn Off the Bright Lights when uh, uh, Monica kisses uh, the hunk dude who's dumb. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. What's it? I don't, when I don't, Jennifer Aniston kisses Matt LeBlanc. Oh my God! It goes. And like it, that, I was watching. It were like Rachel was watching it, and I was just on in the background, and I'm like, "What? What are they doing with Interpol here? That's really cool. <laughs> That's cool." I got really nervous yeah. that it was going to be something that I should know that don't that I don't. But I think the only thing I know about Interpol is that. PDA exists, and I like that song. Mm. They, uh, yeah, you should I'm listen just... to Turn On the Bright Lights and then pretend that you're in New York and that 9-11 just happened. <laughs> it's really tough to do. I know it is. <laughs> um, oh, it came but out... Want... Yeah, but they came out, like, in a year after 9-11. August 20th, yeah. 2002. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so you're just you're just trying to get... Oh, is that what it's about? Turn On the Bright Lights? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. It just looks like a garage, which I always thought was a hat. I always thought it was a chess piece. We're talking about the red thing on the front of that album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, it looks like a checker. It's a garage? Yeah, it's a garage. It Is it a like. photo of a garage? Yeah, it looks like the, the lights are on top, and then they're all red, and they're pointing at, like, a, well, like, full, I don't know, wooden... Like four years? No, beaten. You want to then... review this album for the next uh, next one? Let's do it. Turn on the bright lights. Turn on the bright lights. Okay, PD yeah. is my favorite song on that, but I'm gonna have to choose a different one for it. Yeah. Um. Uh, okay, you didn't listen to this Interpol, Nikaya. No, I did not. <laughs> will you? Will you listen to Nikaya McCavern? Yeah, I, I, I will listen if extorted, extorted, extorted to. If you tell me to, I'll do it. No, that's not what I want. I want it like, are you, would you want to tr- <laughs> listen to it? Yes. Okay. Now that I know that this guy's like a cool jazz drummer, I like Kamasi Washington a fair amount. Um, I also really enjoy remixes that are done of non-electronic music, because yeah. like, what does that even mean? Yeah, well, they call this an et- interpolation, so. Interpolation. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Oh, Interpol. Oh, f- dang. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Begs the question. Just saying that. Saying begs the question. Um. All right. Thanks for listening, pals. Yeah. Uh, till next. Oh, so. Okay. Yeah. 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 Interpol album. Yeah. Interpol. Cool. Turn on the bright lights. 2002. Let's do it. Okay. Bye, everyone. Goodbye, Love everyone. Mwah. <laughs>